You're listening to the Manfulness Podcast, episode number three. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Um, Thank you for coming back to the podcast. Um, And today I'm going to chat about one of the biggest lies um, I think we as men believe or the lie or the belief that we as men are sold. And that lie is that emotions are equal weakness. Um, And I think this is a belief that is killing men. Um, I think it's a belief that is destroying us on the inside. And the whole idea of, um, you know, emotions are weakness, you know, segues really nicely into this whole idea that men uh, need to be stoic and unemotional and strong and powerful and warriors and all the archetypes that go along with it. And on one side of it, I say, yes, men do have some of these characteristics. And in some respects, some of these characteristics are not bad at all. They're actually quite good. It's when these characteristics uh, enter all areas of our life and there is no room for anything else, like you know, being emotional, sharing our feelings, talking about what's bothering us, talking about things, our challenges, Um, because I think what happens after some time is we are really identified with these archetypes of being the warrior and being the stoic man that we, yeah, we, we move away from some of these other types or we brand them as being weak or a pussy or gay or some other sort of lower style of identity. And I think, um, for me, you know, it was such a big, uh, a big issue in my life and it was affecting um, not just me internally but affecting my relationships it would uh, it would govern the type of jobs I would take it would it would govern how I would behave at work um, it would uh, be all sorts of things and it also led to later on in life being the reason why I drank a lot and partied and took drugs and all that kind of stuff because it was an outlet for this kind of emotional energy that was kind of building up. And until I realized uh, a more effective way to sit with it and express it and learned the language of emotions, um, it was really hard for me to move forward and it really infected um, most of my life. So I think for me, right, this whole idea of, um, you know, emotions are weakness, you know, really sort of, started to be modeled off I guess my dad my own dad was very much um, unemotionally available I would say he was the he was the dictator in our uh, or the authority figure in um, in our family you know so my mum was like the love and the nurturer and the supporter and thank God for her and my dad was you know he was a disciplinarian he was the um, he would speak and everyone would listen and um, I think that was my kind of my first my first memory I can think of when I think about emotions and how I dealt with them because I had a younger brother and we're only 3 years apart and and he dealt with emotions very differently. So my my dad being the authority figure and being the disciplinarian was also very abusive. He was physically abusive, he was verbally abusive. And and I just want to make this point. 
I'm not angry at my dad. I'm not um, upset at him at all. I mean, I was for a very long time. I was very angry with him, and we didn't talk for for a very long time for many reasons. Um, but now, as a father myself, and because of done, doing all the work on myself, I can re- I, I understand him now, and I understand that you know he was probably treated that way by his father or my grandfather, and he didn't know any other way you know we, we you know and, I've, and I've really, I'm really at a place of forgiveness so I tell this story please um, don't think that I I carry any any anger in fact my dad's like a 180 now he's totally different he's the most loving human being on the planet he loves my kids so much and it's it's a it's such a, a gift to see him now enjoying uh, my kids or enjoying their childhood because I really felt like he wasn't he didn't enjoy it or he wasn't present for it during our childhood so it's it's kind of nice to see this kind of full circle come back and I get to watch him uh, interact with my kids which is a beautiful thing so my dad was very abusive he would beat us often um, and you know in, in reflecting back on it now there was really kind of two ways that we kind of took those beatings and for me being the eldest son I took that um, by going numb so I wouldn't fight back I would take the beatings I would cop them and every time he would shout and scream I would literally just crawl inside of myself and be silent and when I think about it that was my first memory of me really pushing my emotions down not expressing my frustration or anger towards him simply because I had a fear I was fucking fearful of him I was fearful that he was going to hurt me and he did um and I guess maybe for my brother, watching that, you know, um, and seeing what I would do, he, he, he did the opposite. He retaliated. My brother would fight back. My brother would be like, nah, and would scream and would shout and literally be like him. And I'd be like, would you just shut up? You're making it worse for the both of us. I'm going to get in more trouble because of you. And so, you know, it's put a strain on my, me and my brother's relationship because, you know, often I, he, would just, he would just push back. And I'd be like, don't push back. Just shut up. Don't say anything. Just be quiet and um, and so yeah that was kind of my upbringing and, and childhood and how I kind of dealt with those um, sort of aggressive emotions or emotions of anger very early on in my life and then you know fast forward a little bit you get older and um, you know you navigate the world as best as you can and then I had an event happen to me which kind of really solidified this whole idea of being the stoic warrior, the unemotional person, the unemotional man. And basically, I was probably around, I'm going to say, eight or nine years old. And we were in primary school. And my brother was very sick, right? He would, he, he was a very sick kid when he was born. He had asthma, he had allergies, he had a whole bunch of sort of medical conditions. And he was allergic. He was allergic to nuts, he was allergic to, f- to certain types of food, and he was allergic to animals. And so one day we we're at primary school. I think I was in grade five or six, or maybe four, or something like that. He was here, uh, maybe grade one or grade two. And they brought a rabbit to school, and at that time, right, teachers didn't know about like EpiPens, and there was no like allergy listing like we have today. You know, there was like nut-free zone and gluten-free this and nut-free that. It didn't exist back in those days. Um, so you know, they brought an animal to school, and he touched it, and he had the mass a massive allergic reaction his eyes swelled up his throat closed up and he literally started to go into convulsions he vomited on himself 
and you know at the at the time you know looking back at it I, I guess I can see sympathy for the teachers because they just didn't know but basically what they did was they picked Raven up and they carried him out they laid him on the nature strip they called me and they said look and your brother's having a, a, a reaction you need to call your mum and you need to go home okay so like I'm eight years old my brother is convulsing throwing up on himself there's flies on him this teacher's carried him out left him on the nature strip with me at the front and basically said to me try and get your brother home He's, uh, we don't know what's wrong with him and in that moment I think for my child mind I was like fuck my brother's probably going to die his airways are closing up this is not a time for me to be emotional or to show anything I need to get him to safety so I managed to wave a family friend down who was a friend of my mum's she put us in the car called my mum drove us to the hospital and they had to give my brother a shot of adrenaline for his reaction to come back down and it was really in that moment that I kind of put thought to myself my brother needs to be saved he needs to be looked after um, and there's no time for me to be um, you know have emotions or be emotional and in that in that moment I really just I went into survival mode and reacted and just did what needed to be done and that that really kind of solidified it for me and I think that was the moment for me that I stopped being a child and really started to become a boy you know or really started to step taking steps towards being this man for, for any other words and so I really stopped being that that kid that happy-go-lucky sort of person and really started to become serious and sensible and unemotional and that was only reinforced by my father because after that event happened my dad kind of sat me down and he said listen Hamish you're the eldest you're the uh, you're the oldest in the family it's your job to look after your brother it's your job to take care of your mum when I'm not here like you're the man of the house when I'm not here so I need you to be strong and I need you to be I need you to be that person when I'm not around you're you're the you're the man and so I took that on board I took that on wholeheartedly you know especially with my relationship and my dad with him being abusive I, you know I really craved his love and this was this was like a way of him basically going listen I'm I'm handing the baton to you I want you to be the man of the house and I I was like yep I'll do that because to get my dad's approval meant the world to me you know because I got my mum's love my mum was free with giving love and affection but my dad was very difficult so for him to turn around and say you're the man of the house now and this is an important role and mission that you need to find I was like yep I'm gonna do this and so I I so that there you go further just pushing down emotion you know wearing this mask um, becoming this person who was stoic and strong and unemotional and yeah you know again fast forward a few more years and I'm, I'm starting to be a young man in my teenage years and starting to you know date women and start to go out and start to have a good time and starting to drink alcohol and all of a sudden this anger this emotion you know especially with alcohol you know it was one of those things I used to drink and it, it used to just I don't know where the fuck it came from it just bubble up inside of me and I remember one day you know I was, uh, you know, I was young teenage, you know, sort of young love, nothing 
it was serious to me at the time. I thought, you know, she was everything and go dating this girl and, you know, playing games and pretending to to be in love with me and then being out with other guys. Just, you know, that whole sort of discovery period where you don't know who you are and you're trying to understand relationships and all of that kind of stuff. Going through puberty and, you know, all the changes that happen to your body and this girl just kind of playing games to me and just being at home alone and thinking, I'm just going to drink some alcohol to make myself feel better and I drank a whole bottle of rum and can I tell you to this day to this day I cannot smell rum without throwing up I can't do it and I drank this rum and danced around my house like an idiot Um, and it felt so good but obviously I wasn't prepared for what was to come and this alcohol put me on my ass and I threw up so much that I like you could see the blood vessels in my eyes. Like, you know, in the skin, you could see it. Because I threw up that hard. This emotion was just raw and unexpressed. And it was probably not even this girl. It was probably just years of just pouring this emotion of being, uh, you know, a, a boy or a man down really, really deep. And, um, yeah, it it, uh, it, was a, it was a big kind of shock you know because my parents found me and they were like what the fuck is all this and you've been drinking alcohol and this is unlike you because don't forget I'm the good boy here you know Uh, I'm the one that did all the right things and you know went to school and did well in school and all this kind of stuff and here I am drinking alcohol and throwing up on myself so it was a it was a very embarrassing moment for me and all it did um, I guess maybe because the support wasn't there at the time maybe my parents didn't know how to deal with it it made me close off even more because I felt embarrassed I felt ashamed of what I was doing and um, yeah so this started to become a really big theme in my life you know of uh, hiding my emotions hiding I was feeling later on as I got more into relationships it became worse because you know I would feel things during the relationship and I, I wouldn't know how to express it I wouldn't know how to talk about it so I just bottled it I just bottled it inside and then something random will happen in that relationship and I would snap. I would just be like, fuck you! And just go crazy or I would go silent. I would just go numb and I wouldn't talk. And the girl would be like, are you alright? Is something wrong? No, nothing's wrong. I'm cool. I'm just tired. Famous thing. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. Sure nothing's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And it ruined a lot of relationships because I would then become distant. They would be like, well, what's going on with this guy? He's not talking to me he just can't show affection I would find it very difficult to show affection to touch and touch women to be you know um, emotionally available is very difficult because it kind of brought up these feelings of being ashamed and guilty because the I couldn't contain the emotion I was never I was never taught how to or I was never I never experienced how it was all kind of like pack it down and it was explosion so um, so this really kind of um, had this major, major, major impact on my life. And I think what happened was I, I kind of got to a stage where I, I was kind of really realizing, I kind of got to this awareness because I, I had a really good friend of mine sit down with me and she was like, you know, why why do you get involved in these relationships and why are you exploding? And, you know, again, I started to drink a lot more and I would, you know, I would get to a stage where I drink a lot more and I would look for fights. You know, I would be so unhappy inside. I would drink and I would look for the guy to kind of get... And I would punch on... And I'm, I'm not going to lie. It felt good. It felt good to get into a fight 
and it felt good to punch on. Because I guess for me, like looking back on it, it was the only release I had. And it's easier to take it out on another man, isn't it? Because they can take it. But, you know, to take it on a woman, well, you know, that's horrible. Like, that's even more guilt and shame. But you can go, you can punch a guy. And you know what? Even your friends think you're a hero about it. So there's this positive reinforcement about getting into a fight at a club. And that was kind of, that, that pattern, that worked for a while. It was a great outlet, drink, party, get into a fight, punch some bunch of guys, get into a fight, get into a, a, an, an argument, and come home, you know? And this was kind of my outlet. And a beautiful friend of mine sat down with me, a girl, and she was doing a lot of life coaching. And she said to me, she goes, can I sit down with you? Let's, let's talk about this stuff. I'm like, all right. And she goes, why do you get into these fights? Why do you get angry? And I said, I'm going to be honest with you because I feel powerful. And now looking back at it, you know, my dad used to be really abusive and it used to make me feel submissive. It used to make me feel little. And now I was the aggressor. I was the angry person. And it would make me feel powerful. And it was kind of like rectifying this, uh, this submission that I, I suffered as a child. And now I could express the anger of it and I was doing it on random innocent people you know and she goes what if I could show you what if I could prove to you that love is more powerful I'm like bullshit it's like love's more powerful what the fuck is that shit I'm like anger is more powerful it makes me strong it makes me powerful she goes what if I could convince you if you can walk that bridge and and love could be more powerful that being vulnerable and being open and sharing your emotions is actually the most courageous thing you can do and uh, it, it, it stumped me. And I was like, it took me a while. I'm like, she goes, let me prove it to you. Let me prove it to you. And so she worked with me. She really worked with me. And she started to show me that, listen, hey, hey, love can conquer all things. Love, if you can come to a place of love, you can transmute anything. And I started to work with her. You know, she really started to help me. Uh, talk about my emotions and talk about my feelings and she really helped me make that link between the submissive person that I was as a child and the angry person that I was now behaving as an adult um, and she goes look at that pattern you know and, I, and it really made me see I'm like oh my god and it was like I said it was ruining the relationships I was in because I was becoming submissive in those relationships and exploding and what she showed me was that by, by, by learning the language of my emotions and learning the language of when I was angry and when I was frustrated and putting a, a dialogue around that and learning how to communicate with my partner, with my friends and also with myself internally, like knowing what the things are that were pissing me off. Um, going back on a story, like there was this thing that my dad used to do. He used to always smack me in the back of the head. Always smack me in the back of the head. Fucking hated that. And there was a girl, a girlfriend of mine. She didn't mean it, but she used to do this thing, ha ha ha, and smack me in the back of the head. And there was a time where I almost turned around and punched her. And it was just this knee-jerk reaction because it was, it was. The, I, I didn't know how else to react because it just reminded me of my dad hitting me. And so once I started working with my friend, she really started to help me build a dialogue. And I started to see, oh my God, wow. That just brought up that emotion when she did that. Now, my girlfriend at the time didn't know that. And so by working with her, I was able to start a dialogue. And the dialogue was, 
hey, listen, I've got to talk to you because, you know, when you do that thing you do, it makes me feel this. It reminds me of when my dad used to do this and it made me feel like this. And when I had that conversation with his girlfriend at the time, she broke down. She cried and she's like, I'm so sorry. I never obviously knew that and I never meant for you to feel that way. And it really strengthened our relationship. It really got us onto the next level and it really made me see, oh my gosh, look, if I can learn to communicate how I'm feeling better, then we can work through things. And it, and it really, the, the anger dissipated because I felt heard. I felt like someone else understood me. And obviously she stopped that behavior so it wasn't triggering me, triggering me anymore. And also once I started doing this work and then I noticed that I was a, becoming a calmer person even as I drank, like the anger wasn't there. And I remember being out, being drunk and getting into a fight again. And this guy, throwing you fucking this and being angry and being in my face but the anger wasn't in there I wasn't responding to it and so I walked up to him and I looked him in the face and I'm like dude why are you so angry and he looked at me and he had nothing to say he was like shocked at my response because you know what he was waiting for me to fight back because anger wants to find someone to push back it either wants someone that's going to be submissive or it's going to find someone that's going to push back and then it, it, it escalates and I would be the escalator. And this time around, I wasn't submissive and I wasn't the escalator. I just stood there in my power. And the power that I was standing in was love. Because I looked at him with love and I said, Dude, why are you so angry? Are you okay? And he was like, What the fuck, you fucking weirdo? And he walked off. And I was like, What the fuck just happened there? You know? It was a big moment for me because I was like, Oh my God. And, it, and the penny dropped. And that's when I understood what my friend was trying to teach me, which was love is more powerful. Love is more powerful than this anger. And I saw that how he had no way to go. He, he had to take his anger and take it somewhere else because he looked stupid. He became aware of his anger. He was the one with the issue. It wasn't controlling me anymore. It wasn't making me submissive and it wasn't making me angry and making me want to fight him. So to the guys out there, I know what it feels like, okay? I know sometimes we're trying to navigate this landscape of emotion that we're so unfamiliar with. And I I encourage you to have this dialogue. I know that they're saying, listen, talk more about your feelings. And you're like, what the fuck? I don't even know how to have that conversation. And yes, it's hard to have that conversation. But trust me, if you can find a way to, to find that love, love for yourself and love to have that conversation with those around you, it is a game changer, yeah? It reduces that pent-up energy inside. It reduces that conflict. And when that pressure is taken off, like I've said before, you can be more level-headed about how to deal with it. You can be more level-headed about how to channel it in a better way. But it takes you to take the time to first understand this emotional landscape and to take the effort to talk about it. Because people are not going to always come up to you and go, hey, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? They're not going to do that. So we need to learn to have these conversations with ourselves and with each other. And knowing that by coming back to love and not anger is the way through. Anger will just lead to creating more anger. As you can see, when my dad was angry with me and abusive towards me, I went submissive. And all that pent-up energy just led me to be more of an aggressive person as I became a man. Yeah? It doesn't help. It doesn't help. 
and then I'm going off and doing some something with that and then fighting with other people. So I hope I hope that this podcast hit a, a note with you. I hope it hit a point with you. I hope you can feel it because this saved my life. Having these conversations saved my life because it started to give me the ability to express myself in a much more effective and efficient way. And from here, it changed my life and I got more perspective. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this has been helpful. If this has touched you in some way and you want to talk about it, I am here. You can connect with me, like I've said before, on Instagram. Now, my Instagram is manfulnessmen. So search it, connect with me. If you are a lady and your man is going through something like this, maybe this podcast might help. I know it's sometimes hard to get through to them, but maybe if we can share this podcast and, and, and you know they, they resonate with this and this, this helps them, it might help to take that pressure off and it might help them start a dialogue which could make, the, make a massive difference as it did for my, myself. So thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day and I will talk to you soon.